but you don't show them your frustration. You don't show them your anger. You just say, okay, all done. Because if you throw your food, that means you don't want to eat it. Or if you hit your brother, that means you don't want to play with them. All done playing. Put the blocks away. All done. Great job. Let's move on to the next thing. It's a learning process. We want to show them what we want to do or what we want them to do and reinforce that. Hello, and welcome to Talking Toddlers, where I share more than just tips and tricks on how to reduce tantrums or build your toddler's vocabulary. We're going to cover all of that, but here, our goal is to develop clarity because in this modern world, it's truly overwhelming. This podcast is about empowering moms to know the difference between fact and fiction, to never give up, to tap into everyday activities so your child stays on track. He's not falling behind, he's thriving through your guidance. We know that true learning starts at home. So let's get started. How to get your baby and toddler to listen without yelling. That's the important key. So what if I was to say that there's one phrase that I've mentioned before in previous episodes that a child often, not all children, but the vast majority of kids can hear this phrase nearly 400 times a day. And this phrase is what shapes not only how they behave with us, as they begin to learn about this world each and every day, but also how they look upon themselves, their self-worth, their abilities, and their skill sets. We're going to look at what this phrase is, what can we do instead of using this phrase, especially in those first three years, and why does changing this phrase, the frequency and the use of this phrase alleviate so much stress in the family? How and why does it increase your healthy relationship with your baby and your toddler and even your preschooler and build that healthy human connection? Can you guess what the phrase is? I bet you already know. It's no, stop, don't do fill in the blank. So I am approaching this as a language expert that they simply don't understand yet, that the concept of no, stop, and don't, those negative shaping words, they don't get it. They simply don't understand. And we think that we're teaching them by saying no hitting, no biting, no jumping on the furniture, no throwing your food, no rolling around in the mud. Stop, stop, don't, don't. We think that we're telling them, but how the brain works, how we learn to learn is through cause and effect. And that especially those first several years, they're learning through experience and exploring their environment, which includes you and the immediate activity that we're trying to teach them to do, to play nicely with others, to pet the dog versus kicking the dog, to share their food to or their toy, to eat their food and not throw it. We're trying to teach them to do the right thing, to be human, to live among family and your friends and society, right? But 
what's really important are, are, are the way that we support the development of cognitive skill. And there's one early cognitive skill. And in a future episode, I focus on three primary cognitive skills in those first three years that are really understanding. But this first one is object permanence. And when I talk about cognition or anybody talks about cognition, we're talking about this higher order understanding, thinking, reasoning, problem solving. But it's it's what we do inside our own mind to continue to learn or explore or to behave as well, right? To decide what I'm going to do next. But object permanence, we think is kind of cute when we play peekaboo or hide and seek or when they realize that when you drop the ball in a box that they can open the door and find it again. And that is adorable and it's sweet, but it's actually a significant building block that helps them really understand how to interact with us and the objects in their world. So let me explain that that object permanence is emerging between six and nine months, just when we're introducing solid foods and teaching them through demonstration and modeling and positive reinforcement, how to eat and chew and share a meal. And it really isn't being owned or mastered or solidified in their developmental sequence until the range is nine to 12 months. So let's take the example of throwing food and you're trying to get them to stop throwing your food off your tray or feeding the dog or dumping out your drink. Under eight months of age, it's accidental because they don't have that object permanence yet. And they, and really they don't even have the fine motor skill to release food out of their finger grasp, right? And so it's, it's their arms get stretched out and they accidentally drop the food. And what do we do? We reinforce, no, don't throw your food. Let's, let's continue to eat. You need a few more bites, right? But eight months and above, the object permanence is beginning to emerge and they're going to be more purposeful in their actions to see what happens. Is that cause and effect? And so that's when what we do, how we respond is even more important, right? So between nine and 12 months that they really begin to let go of objects purposefully when you say, oh, give me the cow, or if you're done eating, give me the apple or give me your spoon, then they will hand it to you. But it's a, it's emerging, right? So if they don't let go of the spoon or your hair or your glasses, then you can gently, ever so gently, just bend their hand at the wrist and they have that natural reflex where their fingers will open and they'll release whatever they're not supposed to be holding on to for dear life, right? It takes that first year for object permanence to really come to full fruition. Let's keep it simple. Let's look at that one to two year is really emerging and learning and we're introducing a lot of things. As they approach that third birthday, they have a lot more language, a lot more life experience. That's that period 
really gave them a lot more opportunities, right? And I'll talk a, a lot more about that third birthday. But here we're looking at between six months of age and 24 months of age. So think of the very young less than two years of age, there's a lot of hand over hand, a lot of joint activity. You have to not only model and show them how to pet the dog nicely and how to eat your food and how to use the spoon and how to pull up your pants, but you have to physically, hand over hand, walk them through the motor planning Yes, they will get a lot by imitating you, right? And we've talked a lot about imitation and copying, but we have to also do a lot of hand over hand, especially when we want to focus on, we want to draw our attention on what we want them to do versus what we don't want them to do, right? We don't want them to throw. We don't want them to hit. We don't want them to bite. So under two, there's a lot of hand over hand. And then between two and two and a half, that's that emerging phase. So they still need a lot of support. It's not going to be consistent. They're going to be a good eater today and a really crappy eater tomorrow. They're going to be fussy in the evening and they're going to be a little bit more pleasant in the morning. And so things are going to be ebb and flow. The true toddler, how I look at a two and a half to three years old, that's when they the language is really blossoming and their cognition, their understanding, they're beginning to use language in their own head, right? That symbolic representation of not only how they feel, but what they want and what they desire and how they want us to behave, right? But that's when they're learning to be kind to others. They're learning to share. They're learning to take turns and be in it together, right? That's between that two and a half and third birthday. So let's go back to throwing food off the tray because that's a big one. And we can generalize this to other behavior that we don't want them to learn. We don't want them to get really good at snatching toys from their friends or hitting or biting or any of that. Based on what how we respond we accidentally reinforce those unwanted behaviors, those naughty or unkind behaviors, right? When toddlers begin to throw things from the high chair, they're practicing cause and effect, right? They they realize, oh, I can hold this food and let go of it on purpose, right? I'm now approaching my ninth month or my 10th month. I can let go and watch the dog run and eat it, right? They're practicing that cause and effect. Or mom comes running and picks up the food. Or you throw the food at dad and everybody starts laughing, right? Lots of positive reinforcement. I did something and I got a big reaction from the big people right here, right? Soon after that, um, the novelty wears off. And us parents, we get tired after picking up food and saying, no, 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 eat the food, take a few more bites, take the doggy out of the room. I jump up, I move the dog, dad wipes his face off, all these big reactions, and he's getting attention, right? But it gets exhausting after a few weeks of this. 
So now we get really frustrated and we really get louder and bigger and we say, no, stop. And our hand gestures and our facial expressions, we're reinforcing it even more. And then we give them undivided attention. We get mad. We sit down. We try to finish the meal with them. He's a good learner. (laughs) He's picking up on what we're reinforcing. So let's focus on what do we do instead? And I know it's going to be really hard to swallow, no pun intended, as we're talking about your little guy or your little gal be a cooperative eater. But we have to stay relaxed. We have to simply ignore the unwanted behaviors. And I know that's really, really hard because we're tired. We're frustrated. We have a hundred things to do. We're trying to get this meal organized or we're trying to feed the dog and get the meal ready and your child is having a meltdown, right? This strategy about ignoring and trying to shape what we do want them to do is one of the hardest phases. That's why, you know, we look at the quote unquote terrible twos and the exhausting threes and all of this, but where your toddler is growing and learning and developing and their cognition, their ability to understand negation isn't there yet. When we say, don't throw your food on the floor, they hear the verb and the noun, throw food. They don't hear don't. They don't even hear on the floor because you can throw the food across the table. So the best thing is to just ignore it. They drop the food and you hand them another piece of chicken. In the beginning though, let's limit the number of pieces of food on the tray as well as utensils. You give them three pieces and it's a rule of three. In a future episode, I talk about the rule of three and how I've learned that it is really a magical number where you give them three tries and then, oh, you're done. But if it gets tossed, you ignore it. You don't even look at it. If they hit their brother, you don't give them big attention. You redirect or you hand over hand, pat their arm or pat their cheek and move their body away, right? And because this first 24 months especially, but up to 28, 30 months, we're really shaping their motor planning skills, their reaction, right? And so the rule of three, you give them up to three tries with a spoon. If they keep throwing it, then they're going to have to use their hands if they're still hungry and they're still eating, right? But don't even look down on the floor. If you're standing up at the counter, hopefully you're sitting with them, you're sharing this meal, you're modeling what you want them to do, and you just give them another spoon. And if they throw that one, then you give them the third try and then that's it, right? If, if you're really feeling like they're more than eight months, they're nine, 10, 11 months, and they're really doing it on purpose, they're releasing the food on the floor or throwing it, start to pay attention to their other nonverbal communication because perhaps they're simply done eating. If they turn away, if they close their mouth, if they make a face, all of that nonverbal body language, they're telling you something. I'm done. 
I'm going to just start playing with this stuff, right? And that's why when you first introduce, they're just exploring at six and seven and eight months. And then now they've had 10, 12, 14 weeks under their belt. They're getting into the groove of eating this food. Then you have to respect their limits. And if they're done, they're done. And if you think they need more, then they'll have to come back later or the next meal. They're done, right? After that third opportunity, but you don't show them your frustration. You don't show them your anger. You just say, okay, all done. Because if you throw your food, that means you don't want to eat it, right? Or if you hit your brother, that means you don't want to play with them. All done playing. Put the blocks away. All done, right? Great job. Let's move on to the next thing. It's a learning process. We want to show them what we want to do or what we want them to do and reinforce that. And so this applies to the hitting and the biting and the throwing, the snatching. Stay calm, have a flat facial expression, but you get down to their level. You look at them, you ignore what you don't want them to do, and then you demonstrate what you do want them to do how you want them to behave, the words that you want them to use, whether it's to put the toys away or to wait your turn. Johnny is still playing with that truck. You can wait. Johnny's still playing with the truck. Let's sit here and wait. And Johnny, when you're done, you can offer the truck to Sammy. Reinforce with a positive tone. Stay calm. I know it's hard, but if we can do this heavy lifting, this calmness, those first couple of years, then you're not going to get a snatcher when they go to preschool at three or when it's Sunday school or at the park or a birthday party, right? We're building, it's not discipline in the behavior modification kind of sense, but it's self-discipline that they can wait, It's self-discipline and internal dialogue with themselves and say, hey, mom, I'm all done eating. Can I get up? So keep in mind, like I said in the beginning of this, that the very young, under two, there's a lot of hand over hand. We have to show them what we want. We have to be present. We have to join in in the activity. Very few two-year-olds can do it, can eat by themselves. They still need our companionship. And then between two and two and a half, they still need a lot of support because those are the emerging skills. It means like, I've been doing this for a little while. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not independent yet. It's sort of like your 16-year-old driver who isn't quite ready to go on a long road trip on their own, that they need support. They need an adult (laughs) sitting with them, doing it with them, sharing it with them whether it's playing in the sandbox or taking turns on the slide or looking at a book, all of these things, they need support because it is emerging. That true toddler, that two and a half to three-year-old, they're learning to be kind. They have some empathy. They have a better understanding of what these words mean, right? Their vocabulary, they understand what hurt. They understand what 
sharing means. They understand what it means to take turns. They've experienced. So it would take turn in, in five minutes, Sammy's going to be done. And then it's your turn. A two and a half, three-year-old can understand that concept. He might not like it and hard for him to wait or to share, but he's had enough life experience to imagine that in a few moments, in a short while, he'll be able to play with the truck. That object permanence has helped him understand and recognize that the truck is still going to be there in a few minutes. He might even forget all about it, especially if you're savvy enough to give him another option. You could say something along the lines, hey, while you're waiting, would you like to check out this airplane over here? And he might go for it and then completely forget all about the truck. Those first 12, 16, 18 months after you let your toddler, right? A toddler is someone who's tots around after you let them explore you can anticipate undesirable behavior because they're trying to figure out through cause and effect, how do I behave as a decent human being in this family? How do I learn to be a competent eater? How do I learn to play on the playground and not get into trouble? And so if we anticipate undesired behavior, not because they're naughty or not because they're a malicious kid, It's because they're just trying things out and they're trying to figure this out. It's our job then to redirect our toddler's behavior and give them attention toward what we want them to do. It's language-based, it's cognitive-based. That means understanding how this world works. And it goes back to object permanence. That is a huge developmental milestone that lets us know where are they because there is a range, right? It begins to emerge, as I said, between six and nine months, but it's not really there until 12 months. And so that's when we really begin to shape that behavior and you give them another try to, to eat or you give them another try to wait their turn and then okay, we're all done playing with the blocks or we're all done eating. That's okay. Let's move on. So our job is to let them learn through experience. And then when it's necessary, we can give them a new experience. Like if we don't want them to play with this glass vase, then here, try this plastic bowl. And and you can experiment that, right? Remember, kids are little scientists. They're constantly testing that cause and effect. Even a 14, 16 month old doesn't know that this glass vase is one, perhaps expensive, but perhaps two could like cut my finger off if I break it. Right. And if, you know, at 16, 18, 20 months of age, they want that toy truck, but somebody else is playing with it. You say, here, how about that? Look at this elephant. And you start making funny elephant sounds and you distract them or you pique their curiosity with something else because you can do that with a two-year-old. A three-year-old's a little bit harder because they have more language, they have more memory, they have more cognition. And that's why they need those experiences with you so they understand what's a better choice here, right? Throwing my food (laughs) If I make messes at the high chair or at the dinner table, then that's, I'm telling mama I'm all done and I want to get out of here, 
right? I don't have the verbal language to say, I'm done with this food. I'm not interested, right? But you can show them, oh, once you start playing with your food, you're done. Food is for eating, not for throwing. Okay, bye-bye. Let's clean up. So the four things to focus when we want our baby, our toddler, to listen, to pay attention, and to learn without yelling, because that's so much more peaceful in our heart and in our family dynamics, right? So the number one thing is always attention or presence, right? That you are present with your baby and toddler, whatever activity it is, and then they will be present back with you. I'll continue to talk about what is joint attention. And it's not so much about attention per se, but it's about that jointness, about sharing this activity, right? And so tuning in with them and tuning in and being present with whatever activity it is, eating, playing, changing, bathing, singing, car riding, right? So number one is attention. Number two, be specific. Show them what you want to do right? And how to do it. And you do that through number three, which is modeling. And then wait. If you pick up a piece of chicken and you start eating, "Mm, yummy, this is great eating chicken. Eat the chicken. You just say, eat chicken. And if they throw it again, then you're like, oh, all done. And then you praise, right? So you attend to whatever the task it is. Be very specific of what you want them to do. That's where your attention is lying. You model. If they can't or don't or aren't interested, then you praise what they've done. Oh, you ate some carrots. Okay, all done. Great eating, great playing, great petting, great walking, great washing, whatever the task is. Oh, you're learning to be a good eater. You're learning to share. You're learning to ask and use your words. Nice job. Okay, move on. So the key is, is that how we react is really what they learn. They don't know the difference between a negative consequence or a positive one. But what I'm saying here is that our big reaction, whether it's big because we're mad and frustrated or big because we're happy and delighted, they don't know the difference yet. It's just a big reaction. In in a later episode, later on this summer, I'm going to focus a lot on what does discipline mean with our slightly older toddler? Because as I said here, focusing up until their third birthday on emerging skills and learning to shape and show them what we do want them to have. But in a later episode, I do dive in to more specific ways of helping them build their own self-discipline, but also how do we help them behave in a more positive fashion. And it's a learning process. I'll give more specific examples. But here I wanted to really focus on the cognition and the language learning and how object permanence and being able to do stuff on purpose because of that cause and effect developmental milestone. But how we react saying, no, 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 or stop. I told you a hundred times. They don't get it. They just get our loud voice and our big hand gestures. (sighs) and our energy behind it. That's being reinforced. Oh, mom must really like it when I make messes or when I don't pick up my toys or when I throw food on the floor and watch the dog 
scramble for it, all kinds of things, right? So be attentive, try to read their body language. What are they trying to tell us? Be specific and model exactly what you want them to do. A lot of hand over hand. You got this. Let's clean up the blocks and then praise when you're done. Okay, let's move on. Love you. So I want to positively reinforce you for sharing your precious time with me. And if you're finding benefit, please share with friends and family. That's the only way that I can reach more moms just like you. Don't forget to subscribe. You don't want to miss any future episodes. I'm planning a great series for this summer. And it would be such an honor if you would take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on Apple Podcast. That's how social media works to push my content, to reach more moms, and to build a community where we're all coming together, like-minded people trying to do right for ourselves and our family and our beautiful children. Have a great week, and I look forward to the next episode. God bless.